Hi, this is Dr. Karen Horton from Johns Hopkins. In this talk, we'll be discussing acute appendicitis. Appendicitis is the most common cause of acute abdominal pain in patients presenting to the emergency room, with over 250,000 people a year in the United States suffering from acute appendicitis. It really represents 14% of those who present to the emergency room with acute abdominal pain. CT has been shown to decrease the negative appendectomy rate from 24% to 3%. Um, with a simultaneous increase in the use of CT from 20% to 85% over a 10-year period. So that means a long time ago when we didn't use so much CT, a lot of people went to surgery for suspected acute appendicitis, and they turned out not to have appendicitis. Now that we use CT preoperatively in the majority of cases, that negative appendectomy rate has really decreased to less than 5%. Here's an article from 2008 where there were 15 hospitals in Washington State, 3,500 um, patients underwent appendectomy, and um, you can see 89% were women, 83% were men, and the use of imaging ranged across the hospitals from 56%, or at some hospitals, it was up to 97%. So if you look specifically at that, there was a 91% agreement between imaging and pathology, and when you look, um, it was 92.3% for CT. So CT did a little better than ultrasound. And the overall negative appendectomy rate was 6%. It's a little bit higher for women than for men, and we'll discuss that. Um, so the prevalence of the negative appendectomy rate was 9.8% among patients having no imaging. So these are patients taken directly to the operating room without preoperative imaging. It was 8.1% among those having preoperative ultrasound, but it was only 4.5% for those having preoperative CT. Okay, so that's important to know. When you do preoperative CT, you can really decrease your negative appendectomy rate. Here's another article where there were two randomized trials, and they revealed a negative appendectomy rates of about 5% and 2% of patients who underwent routine CT compared to the rates of 14 and 19% in patients um, in whom CT was performed selectively based on the clinical judgment. So these studies show that it really shouldn't be up to the surgeons and the clinicians whether or not to do a CT scan before taking the patient to the operating room. It shows that it's really worthwhile to do the CT beforehand. Just one more article, negative appendectomy rate in the era of CT. This was an 18-year prospective retrospective review. So from 1990 to 2007, the negative appendectomy rate dropped from 23% to 1.7%. And also you can see the annual number of appendectomies decreased significantly from 207 per year to 119 because they weren't doing um, unnecessary appendectomies on normal appendices. Also, if you look in that time, the proportion of patients who underwent appendectomy who also had preoperative CT was from 10% in the beginning of the study to 97%. So that means almost everybody going to the operating room is getting a CT. So the conclusion is that there is a significant reduction in both the negative appendectomy rate and the number of appendectomies in patients who presented to the emergency department during an 18-year period. And this was associated with a significant increase in the use of the preoperative abdominal CT. Okay, so based on the current literature review, most patients with suspected or possible appendicitis should undergo cross-sectional imaging, and this is from one of the, the surgery journals. CT scanning is preferred in most patients. They say you may consider starting with ultrasound as we do at Hopkins in children or in pregnant women, and sometimes MRI can be helpful in specific instances, especially with pregnant women or children in which the ultrasound is non-diagnostic. Thin young men with a classic history, laboratory studies, and physical examination 
um, they feel sometimes can go directly to appendectomy without imaging. But most other patients should go to preoperative CT before appendectomy. The routine use of CT has also been shown to be cost-effective for this indication, and this is an old article from 1998, so it's still true today, and the cost would be even higher, that by using preoperative CT, they reduce the in-hospital cost by about $450. And then also the use of CT for suspected appendicitis obviously has increased dramatically since the late 1990s. Um, right now, if you survey hospitals, it's really in the 90% or even sometimes in the high 90% of patients who undergo preoperative CT with suspected appendicitis. And part of this is increased availability of CT in the emergency room, improved resolution and scanner technology, and also growing radiologist experience. Uh, here's an article that they looked at equivocal interpretations. So this gets to radiology experience. Between 1998 and 2002, it declined from 23.3% to 9.5%. And this was really growing radiologist experience in interpreting these studies and also the narrow collimation, which was afforded by the introduction of multi-detector CT. Okay, so what kind of techniques should you use? This is like apple pie recipes. Every hospital seems to have a different type of recipe for doing a rule-out appendicitis CT. So there's a lot of controversy in the literature. Some people, they argue over what type of oral contrast, whether or not you need IV contrast, whether you should scan the whole abdomen and pelvis, or you should do a limited right lower quadrant. What slice collimation you need, do you need MPRs? So even back in the 90s when using CT for ruling out appendicitis was really a hot topic, there was some controversy in the type of contrast you needed. Some people said you needed positive oral contrast, so you need the white oral contrast. Some people said you don't need the oral, you just need the rectal. Some people say you don't need oral or rectal, you just need IV. And some people say you don't even need IV or oral. So it really depends on where you work. And I think with experience, you can become very... Um, competent at reading these studies regardless of the type of contrast. But there is literature out there saying oral and rectal has a high accuracy. Rectal only has a high accuracy. Here's a study looking specifically at the oral contrast, 400 patients. They gave 200 with neutral contrast, so that looks like water on a CT, and 200 with positive contrast, that looks like white, which we're all familiar with. And there were about 200 cases of proven appendicitis. And there were two GI radiologists, a fellow, and two first-year residents. And the average reader sensitivity was found to be 96% with positive contrast and 95% with the neutral oral contrast, so no difference. Specificity also was equivalent. So they felt that there was really no difference in their sensitivity and specificity for interpreting these studies, whether or not they used the white contrast or the neutral contrast. Here's a study by Jill Jacobs looking specifically at the role of IV contrast, and they increased their sensitivity and specificity by using IV contrast. She also addressed the fact, do you really need to scan the whole abdomen and pelvis, or maybe you just need to do the right lower quadrant. The problem with just scanning the right lower quadrant is that most people with suspected appendicitis, in our experience, don't have appendicitis. So you really need a full abdomen and pelvis study to determine the cause of their pain. What about non-contrast CT. And this was a recent study from the ER literature discussing maybe you don't need to give the IV contrast and wait all that time for the oral contrast to read the cecum. Maybe you could just do like a stone protocol study um, for patients with suspected appendicitis. So they did a literature search of all these um, studies specifically addressing non-contrast CT. And basically, there were 1,258 publications. Seven of them met the inclusion criteria. So that was a sample size of about 1,000 patients. 
And their conclusion was that non-contrast CT for the diagnosis of acute appendicitis in the adult population may be adequate for clinical decision-making in the ED setting. Now, I don't agree with that. I think in the ED, patients with abdominal pain, possible appendicitis, you need to have a good study. You need oral contrast, positive contrast, preferably, and IV contrast, because you want to only scan them once, and you, if they don't have appendicitis, you want to be able to pick up the pyelonephritis or the Crohn's disease or all those other things that can mimic appendicitis. Let's look what type of collimation you can be using. Most of the published literature for 16 and 64 slice MDCT use 5 millimeter collimation because that used to be the standard years ago. But remember, the appendix is really small. It can be as small as 3 millimeters. So it doesn't really make sense to be using 5 millimeter collimation anymore, especially nowadays when you can have submillimeter collimation on everybody. Now, the thinner you get, obviously, there's some drawbacks like increased noise or just the sheer number of images. Here's a study from 2006 where they looked at 5x4s or 2x1s, and the use of the thinner selection sliding slab technique um, had a trend towards improved diagnostic accuracy, pooled sensitivity and specificity was increased, increased diagnostic confidence, increased visualization of the appendix, and also significant decrease in the indeterminate findings. Here's a study from Hopkins from Dr. Johnson, and she specifically looked at the collimation question. So there were 212 scans, 64 slice, and the data was reconstructed with three techniques, 5x5s, 3x3s, and 2x1s. Each set of images was read by two radiologists um, three times. So they read them each 5x5s, 3x3s, and 2x1s. And what happens is there was progressively thinner reconstruction was associated with a significant increase in the rate of visualization of the appendix, the visualization confidence, and the confidence for the presence or absence of findings. 8% of the patients had appendicitis, and the, although the correctness of the diagnosis was not definitely associated with the reconstructed me method, um, it really was important for um, reader confidence when we use thinner slices. So in that investigation, basically we showed that visualization of the appendix and the confidence in interpretation of the axial images progressively improved with the use of thinner reconstruction sections. Here's um, a study looking at MPRs. Do you need to do MPRs? So these were isotropic data sets, 100 subjects, and they supplemented the axial images with coronal reformations, and they felt the significantly improved reader agreement confidence in visualization of the appendix, and confidence in identification or exclusion of individual CT findings and diagnostic confidence. So the MPRs are especially valuable if you're having trouble finding the appendix on the axial images, or it's just confusing and you can't figure out what's going on, because sometimes the appendix is so dilated it looks like a small bowel loop, or it's so small it's hard to see. Now this can be done automatically, so it's easy to have the coronals and the sagittals available if you need them. So the technique summary is most centers still use positive oral contrast and IV contrast. I think you should be using less than 5 millimeter collimation. We use 3 millimeters, and we have the thinner slices available if we need to, and sometimes you do if you're having trouble with the threes. And you should always have the coronal and sagittal MPRs available for review. Our technique is we give oral contrast ahead of time. If it's an urgent case or if we're doing a CT on a pregnant woman, we would give rectal contrast. And I think that makes sense for pregnant women because there's such slow gastric emptying and small bowel motility that it's much more efficient to give it rectally. We give IV contrast. We scan during the portal venous phase, three millimeter slices. We also have 0.75 millimeter slices that we can review if we need to. And then we have the text automatically make coronal and sagittal MPRs. Now the last few minutes we'll just discuss what the 
um, appearances of appendicitis on CT. Basically, you, you have to find the appendix. Is it dilated? Is it unopacified? If it fills with your white contrast, it can't be appendicitis. Is the wall thickened? And that's an important sign. Is the wall enhancing? Is there fluid or debris in it? It doesn't always help you. You can have air, for example, in the appendix. It doesn't ensure that it's patent, so the air doesn't help you that much. Is there an appendicolith or a calcification there? It's not very common, but it's pretty specific, especially if you have associated inflammation. If Is there inflammation around the tip of the cecum or around the appendix? That's a good finding. It's sensitive, but only 80% specific. Are there changes in the cecum? I, personally, I don't find that that helpful, but you'll get that secondarily with appendicitis. Adenopathy and then other associated things like small bowel thickening. Okay, so we're looking for an enlarged appendix that has a high predictive value. Infiltration of the adjacent fat has a high sensitivity. And then look around for the appendicolith. It has a low positive predictive value. Um, and also, you can see it in patients without appendicitis. Here's an example of the normal appendix. Um, it's You can see here, it's just two images. It's coming in and out of the plane, but it's filled with a white contrast, so it's definitely patent. Here's one appendix filled with air. Okay. The wall is thin. There's no inflammation around there. Okay, here's an appendix with an appendicolith in a patient who doesn't have appendicitis. So this is just an incidental finding, and the patient, you know, is at risk for presenting with acute appendicitis. But at this point, we just describe it as an appendicolith without appendicitis. Here's an example of an early appendicitis. You can see that the appendix is not opacifying with the white contrast. It's distended. It has thickening of the wall and enhancement of the wall and a little bit of stranding in the adjacent fat. Another case, this one, it's very dilated, probably a centimeter with mural enhancement and then stranding in the adjacent fat. Here's another one coming off the appendix. It's kind of coming off and headed to the right towards the iliopsoas muscle there. It's definitely thickened. You ba barely see the lumen at all in that case. Here's one that's kind of subtle. It's not really distended, but the wall is very thickened and there's inflammation around it, and that's a very good sign. Here's another one in the right lower quadrant, very thickened appendix, and you can see the inflammation just around the appendix. Here's one where you have a big appendicolith, a lot of phlegmon, and a very dilated appendix with mural enhancement. Sometimes, especially if you have a perforation and you have fluid and phlegmon and abscess, it's hard to see the appendix, especially if it's perforated. Here's a tip appendicitis, which means the tip of the appendix is patent. I mean, the proximal portion of the appendix is patent, and then the tip gets inflamed. So you have to, when you find the appendix, follow it out all the way to the tip. Here's a video where I'm scrolling down. So this is how we look at a real case. We have contrast in the right colon, and as we're coming down, we're going to try to find the appendix at the tip of the cecum. And you can see it all coming off there. It's dilated, and you can see the mural enhancement. So that's a good example of acute appendicitis. Here's another patient. We're scrolling down here. The contrast didn't make it all the way to the cecum. We're getting to the tip of the cecum here. And as we come back up, you'll see that there's an inflamed appendix. It almost looks like a lupus small bowel. Okay, so it really means you need to scroll and you need to trace these uh, appendix back to the cecum to make sure it is arising from the cecum and that it's not related to the small bowel. 
Okay, what are mimics of appendicitis? Crohn's disease is definitely one. Okay, PID, difficult to diagnose on CT. Um, pyelonephritis, make sure you take a good look at the kidneys. Sometimes in women, especially ovarian cysts, colitis would be another one, or right-sided diverticulitis. And then, of course, we need to look for complications, of, such as perforation, appendiceal abscess, or small bowel obstruction. So perforate appendix, extraluminal gas, abscess, or fluid collection um, may have associated small bowel obstruction. So CT is great for that. So that's why even if they have a high suspicion of appendicitis, they still might do a CT because they want to see are these complications present. Here's an example of a big abscess. It just looks like a air fluid collection at the tip of the cecum. You're going to call that a perfed appendicitis even if you can't find the appendix. Here's another big fluid collection at the tip of the cecum. In this case, you can still see the appendix. And here's one where it's just a mess. It's all phlegmon, and it's not quite a drainable collection at this time, but you can see all the inflammation. And then right um, anterior to the right psoas muscle, you can see the very dilated appendix, which is low density in the center or the lumen, and then it has very um, enhancing walls. So that's a good sign. It almost looks like a lupus small bowel. And here's another patient with a perfed appendicitis who had an abscess. So in this case, we saw the appendix. It was inflamed. There's a big fluid collection near the tip of the cecum. So they let the patient, gave him antibiotics, let the patient cool down. And they came back a few weeks later for follow-up. You can still see the appendix looks inflamed, but the fluid has really decreased. So at this point, they'll go ahead and do an appendectomy. Okay, here we have a, a video of a patient with appendicitis. You see Again, the contrast didn't reach the cecum yet, but we have a very dilated appendix coming off the cecum with a lot of inflammation around it. Okay, so acute appendicitis. Patient went to surgery, and then a couple weeks after surgery, the patient came back with severe abdominal pain, so they scanned the patient again. And this just shows you complication of a small bowel obstruction after an appendectomy, which can certainly happen. Okay, so in this case, the patient was already status post-appendectomy. You can see the sutures. We still have a lot of inflammation there resulting in a small bowel obstruction. I just want to address this one article that says, if you don't see the appendix, you can safely exclude appendicitis. I really think that depends on who you are and it, with your experience. You really should be able to find the appendix in everybody. If you clearly can't find the appendix, then most likely it's normal if you're confident that you're not you know it's not a lupus small bowel or something like that but it really takes experience i would say it's hard for a first year resident to say that it's a normal appendix if they can't find it so why do we miss appendicitis on ct this was a study that looked at that basically inadequate oral contrast was one they couldn't see the appendix too little intra-abdominal fat can be a problem sometimes especially in women or a misleading history. You didn't know you were looking for appendicitis. And this is just a nice example of a patient where I had trouble finding the appendix. You can see the cecum is way down in the pelvis touching the rectum. And I finally did find the appendix is coming off right here. But it certainly can be a challenge in women, especially when this um, cecum is so low. If appendicitis can be ruled out, the most common alternative diagnosis is usually GYN in women, diverticulitis, or colitis. And a lot of these will require a good quality CT to be able to diagnose. So in conclusion, appendicitis is the most common cause of acute abdominal pain. CT is definitely the modality of choice with high sensitivity and specificity. And the radiologist should be aware of the pitfalls that I've reviewed when um, trying to make this diagnosis. Remember, you want thin slices. I'd say three millimeters. You have thinner ones available if you need it. Give oral IV contrast and have your MPRs available if you're having trouble.